The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. everybody, welcome to Everybody's Dead Dave, the Red Dwarf Review podcast featuring the relative newbie, that's myself, Adam Martin, and ooh, what's the polite term, the... the, uh, the <laughs> seasoned veteran. That's it, the seasoned <laughs> veteran, uh, Phil Hawkins. How you doing, Hello, Phil? hello, I'm good, I'm good. Um, yeah, good, yeah. it's still too hot, but... It is still, at the time we're recording this, it is still very much too hot. We need some cooler weather. Bring on the winter, that's what I say. Um, but we are back with another Red Dwarf review. We're on series 10. We're well into the, the Dave era now. We're, we're on episode two, Fathers and Sons. So yes. where do we start off with then? Well, we start with um, we start with Lister. He's playing, well, seemingly like at first he's got the steering wheel as like a driving game. You see those controllers. But then there's one point where he's like firing a gun as well. But I don't know if he's firing it at the screen or... He's he's playing something. It's all a bit it's all a bit strange, and um, we get early on. We get a little Gelf reference, don't we? Yeah, he's got his Gelf Gelf alcohol, Gelf hooch, Gelf hooch. That's right. I love a bit of Gelf hooch. I can imagine that tastes absolutely vile. If it if it tastes as bad as it looks, because it's just this sort of like brownish, suspiciously brown liquid, which doesn't look that very nice. Yeah, but... like muddy water, basically. And that's being generous. I could have thought of something yeah. else there. But um, yeah, Pretty let's go with muddy stuff. water. Muddy water works, yeah. Um, but Lister, um, when um reveals that he's making, because Rimmer comes in, and this is, so, so Rimmer says he can hear like a whining noise. Like, and, <laughs> yes. and we get this whole gag of Lister being like, it's you, mate. It's you. There you I go. Like that. Talking I like that gag. That was good. Yeah, I do like the gag, but just, I guess, just to jump forward uh, just a tiny bit, I guess it's, because, you know, like, near the end of that scene, he says it again. He goes, oh, there's that noise again. And um, Lister just goes, oh, yeah, you know, it's you. And I know there's a thing about, you know, the ship's a bit in disarray, especially on B-deck, but is that what he's referring to? Because it's never really brought up again, this sort of noise that only uh, Rimmer can hear. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just generally that the ship is in um, rather a state of disrepair, and yeah, which you know follows through on. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, whilst Rimmer comes in, Lister uh, he picks up this card, and Lister says, "Ah, oh, he's making a a Father's Day card." And Rimmer very nicely and neatly ties back to um, I'm going to say it wrong. Um, uh, 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 Ouroboros. Yes, Ouroboros. Uh, do you know what? You could tell I was scared there. I was like, is it Because <laughs> my mind, I think I said this last time, I always want to say Aurora Boris, you know, like the Aurora Borealis, yes. the Northern Lights. That's the temptation, but no. Aurora Boris. Aurora Boris. Um, and or, as as um, the people in the pub said in that episode, Aurora Ross. Yes, Aurora Ross. But um, if you need a memory refresh, in that episode, it's, it's revealed that uh, you know, the whole thing of Lister being left in a cardboard box as a baby under the pool table. Um, he did that himself, uh, canonically making himself his own father. And well, it's all a bit weird, isn't it? We've yeah, said several. It's all a bit. Father. He his own ex-girlfriend is his mother. It's yes. very weird. <laughs> it's yes, it's very. Don't think about it too much. But I don't, do you think it's nice that we get that little yeah, I love back. it. I love that we get that callback to the fact that he is his own dad. It's like the deep lore of 
if they can be deep lore of Red Dwarf. And, you know, they're sticking to it. And I like it. And they use it to really good effect in this episode. I love how they use that in this episode. Although um, I imagine if you hadn't seen that episode, because that was series seven, I think, wasn't it? Um, if yeah. If you hadn't seen that, you, Rimmer's explanation, you might have been left like, what? what? <laughs> like, what, what True. But I, I have a feeling that by this point, you're probably not watching series 10 of Red Dwarf. If you haven't yeah. already, if you're not already invested in Red Dwarf. Yeah, I would be curious though, like how many viewers were, cla- you know, like we're like new viewers on broadcast. If you get me, like when series ten went out, how many? Do you know what I mean? Like for how many yeah, viewers? How, was how was that their first? So this, this is ten years ago now. So um, yeah, do, do, did any of our listeners out there? Have you? Was this? Yeah. Was was this your first? Your first bit. So was this series your first series? Yeah. And if so, what did you think of mm. this whole situation? And did did it track? Did you get enough information? from the episode to know what was yeah. going on or do you, do you feel a bit like what let's go what because i think we've always said i mean as as doctor who fans we have the same problem don't we with long running shows like this obviously it's nice to make callbacks of course it is but it, it's it's straddling that line isn't it like are we doing it to a level that's just for like the the tried and true fan who's seen everything or are we trying to make it on that like accessible baseline i guess you know for people who maybe have it do you know what i mean it's all, yeah it's a and Red Dwarf, I feel, has tried to do that line sometimes. Sometimes it goes into, like, the deep cuts, as we've said. It'll ignore glaring big points of continuity, and then the, the minutiae of detail they'll just go back on, but always it nice will. to see. One thing about doing the whole Father's Day card thing, that I think they... I get why they wanted to focus on this, him being mm. his own dad, because that's the focus of the episode. But, like, a passing reference to the fact that he has two other kids that are currently residing in a parallel universe would also yes. be nice. Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> but given they, the part of they, this episode is about how he's a bad dad, yeah. you know, he's never had contact with them since they were a baby. So you know, it would have been would have been nice to yeah. have a. Little they've they've just sort of reference. been forgotten about. Bless them. At the moment, yeah. you know, we've got a few series left. You you well, you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe. maybe. Um, but Crichton comes in and delivers the Father's Day card that Lister wrote the previous year, uh, to which he finds very amusing. A little card with dreads on it and all that sort of stuff. And I think Rimmer's, Rimmer's finding this whole thing very awkward, isn't he? Like, his react, he's, he, I don't think he sort of knows how to take it. It's just a bit weird. Um, so him and Crichton go off to inspect the ship to see what, you know, what all these problems are. And they bump into, they have a little what, chat with what, the vending what, machine. Did, did, missed explaining, and I'm, I'm sure people know, mm. having watched it, but I love the fact that he gets, what he does is he writes a card to himself. <laughs> yes, the logic gives behind it. To, it yeah. Gives it to Crichton to mm-hmm. take away and give it to him next year. But the, what he does is he immediately after writing the card gets absolutely blind drunk. On yes, the, yeah. on the girl Pooch in this case, so that he doesn't remember writing it, doesn't remember what he wrote, and therefore it'll be a nice surprise, and he won't. He'll get a card from himself that he doesn't know what's in it. Yes, I, I, I love that. It's it's so it's so creative. It's, it's a very Lister thing as well. Yeah. Do very you think Lister. the um the dreadlocks that were attached to it were his own dreadlocks? Do you think he cut some off and Ooh. then and then got blind drunk and forgot about it and then woke up in the morning and was like, "Where have my dreads gone?" Well, I've. Oh, you mean list uh, is in the character? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's some. I mean, from what we see, what happens later in the episode with like the video and stuff, I w- it would not be without the realm of That's possibility yes. for Lister to cut off his own hair and then forget about it. So. <laughs> yeah. But um, Rimmer and Crichton inspect the ship and they bump into a vending machine. I, I always like when we get these like uh, machines on Red Dwarf with 
personalities. Like, you know, who can forget Talkie Toaster? The the inf- I really hope he comes back in the day of era, Phil. I'm gunning for it. I'm really gunning for it. And um, we get this... This this is interesting because uh, Crichton says, oh, yeah, we had a great time last night. We had a game of uh, Chinese whispers. And then Rimmer, at this point, sort of seemingly out of nowhere, just says, is Chinese whispers racist? And then he sort of, go, you know, gives a little spiel about his thoughts on that. And I think it make well, they this joke's returned. But what did you think of this whole thing? Because t- to me, obviously, like, in, at that point in the episode, to me, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was, it did strike me as slightly strange that it's Rimmer worrying that it's racist. Because I don't, Rimmer doesn't strike me as, <laughs> as somebody who would you know, necessarily he, be bothered. Yeah. He wouldn't yeah. normally worry about that. So, like, I, I was already thinking, like, what's his ulterior motive for bringing this up? But he didn't seem to have one by the end of the episode. It, would, it was just a setup for a long running joke that keeps on coming back. Um, which, yeah. yeah, I mean, I like, I, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know right. what to think about it, to be honest. What do you think? Well, I, I thought like, you know, you could have, not saying you can't, excuse me, have the argument, like, you know, things like you could always up, up for debate. I'm not saying it's invalid at all, but it just, in the context of what was, you know, it wasn't like we just witnessed something, you know, that you could construe as racist, you know, Crichton just said, oh, we had a game of Chinese whispers and that was the, so it just felt a bit odd that it was there, if you get me. Do you know, maybe mm. had, because as you say, they expand on the Chinese whispers joke as the episode goes on and we'll get to that. But maybe if that speech had been done at the end of the episode, or, you know, towards the end after the joke had been expanded, I don't know. It just, not saying it's bad. It's just, it just felt yeah. very odd. It was like, yeah, oh, okay, Rimmer's, yeah, talk- yeah. Rimmer's talking to me about racism now. Okay, that's not, that's not what I expected, but, but here we are. Yeah. Um, they so also... I- Make a reference to Holly, which is nice. Yes, uh, yes. Holly's gone. We know that. We, we got a hint in Back to Earth that something had been spilled on his central processor and he got a bit fried, which is yes. unfortunate. We, of course, miss Norman Lovett. But, we do, uh, yes. But they found a new computer. Yes, yes, they certainly have. Um, they've And they set up the, well, they have to set up like what they look like and stuff. And I, I must admit, for most of this, I quite like this, you know, Rimmer's whole... Oh, I'm not bothered what it is. Female, yeah, not bothered. Oh, 25, yeah, not bothered. All that. I quite, did you like that whole setup? Yeah, or? I like. Yeah, that was yeah. a fun gag. I really, really enjoyed that. He's, he's trying to act nonchalantly, like, oh dear, dear, male or female, it doesn't really matter. Crichton, female. Yeah, it's just. And uh, it, yeah, it was good. It's, and then he got to the breast size, and then oh, a big, big like, <laughs> big thing yeah. about that. Breast size. <laughs> honestly believe they actually still ask that question these days. It's absolutely ludicrous. It really is. No, I totally agree with you, sir. I'll choose the first one, 30A. Hang on. <laughs> What's the hurry, Crichton? Everyone knows you don't just pick the first thing that comes into your head. What's that one down there at the bottom? <laughs> 36D, sir. Fine, go with that one. <laughs> Whatever. 36D it is. I've already highlighted 30A, sir. Crichton, don't argue. 36D it is. <laughs> Brighton, it's not important. I don't know why you're making such a fuss about this. 36D, selected, moving on. But I'm not freaking fuss, sir. Okay, I'm pulling rank. (laughs) I order you to select 36D as the breath size for the new computer. And that's an order. It's the ridiculousness of it, you know, the point that Rimmer's driven to saying, you know, as superior officer, I order you to make the breath 36D. Like, you know, it's ridiculous, but it, it, it works really well. And... They finally pick, and the new computer launch is known as Pre. 
um, yeah. who uh, has quite a striking face. I was quite intimidated because she, bless that actor, she never, well, she hardly ever blinks. It's just those big bulging eyes staring out at you. So I found that quite unnerving. Um, we get a nice little nod to predictive text that we all have on our phones and social media and stuff. How, but she uses it as predict. Is it like predictive behavior? I think she said, or predictive thought patterns. Yeah. Did this did this remind anybody else of Cassandra? Because it did me. Yeah, the whole how she could predict what they were going to say or do and stuff or, like yeah, that. Exactly. It seemed like taking that premise of that computer and using it again. They use it in a slightly different way, mm. but it's but it's still the basis of the sort of. Um, That's true. That'd yeah, be my question similar. to the to uh, Grant Naylor, you know, whoever was involved. Be like, what were they a direct inspiration? And with this show, they probably say, "I ain't got, a, I haven't got an effing clue." <laughs> maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, but um, Lister wakes up the next day in a shopping trolley uh, on a kebab pillow, which I found quite amusing. How when we're drunk, you find anything. And he's a got pillow. a traffic cone. And he's corner. got the, the classic. You know, you, classic. you're not. You're not doing it right if you don't wake up with a traffic cone next to you. <laughs> uh, although I, I do feel for the road workers because I'm sure that's very annoying when they wake when they come back and all their traffic cones have disappeared. And and I notice when he wakes up, part of the this is such a small thing, but part of the walls, um, this is when he finds the tape that's been left for him. Part of the walls, I swear, they're old like '90s era computers painted red. Oh, okay, they, maybe. Because the shape of them, you know, they have like old computers that like the fat backs and stuff, but then they like curve downwards. Right. I don't know why I noticed it. I just, I saw the shape and they're obviously turned around. So you don't see the monitor. It's like the back of it. But I'm telling you, for anyone who go back and watch it, that scene where he wakes up, look at the wall. I I guarantee you they are 90 era computers, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, but Rimmer does find a, a VHS tape. Shame it's not one of the triangle. Lister. Sorry, Lister. Lister yeah. finds the tape, not Rimmer. Uh, shame it's not one of the triangle tapes from series one. Yeah, I miss those triangle yeah. tapes. But yeah, hey, still VHS tapes. <laughs> still good old VHS. Which we got an explanation for in Back to Earth, didn't we? We certainly did. And yeah, why that whole they use VHS tapes. That's right. People kept uh, on losing their DVDs. Which is true. Do you know what? I had I lost a few of my DVDs as a kid. I'm not going to lie. You just forget to put them back in the box, and they end up here, there, and everywhere. That's true, but then I did that with VHS as well, although admittedly they are more chunky. Yeah. Like, I got them muddled up, but I didn't yeah. lose them. Hopefully easier to find. Yeah. He's um, had a previous, Lister's had a previous conversation with the Medibot about how he wants to be a good father. and uh, a That's father. right, yes. And this yeah. is kind of like the result of that, these tapes. Yes. Yeah, and he's, um, so he finds the video and it's it's himself the night before drunk on um, Gelth Hooch sort of just berating him for all of his flaws, how he feels like he hasn't amounted to anything, he's a giant disappointment, he's wasted his life. So Pat, uh, Drunk Rimmer wants to instill in himself to do better, but we get this, uh, I mean, Craig Charles, bless his heart, this scene is completely, you know, just him reacting to himself. And it's. I think he's done, he's done it brilliantly, because it's not easy reacting to yourself. And... Um, I love the moments of physical comedy, you know, like when he falls off the chair in the video and then he, he tries to get back up and he just falls the other way. It's yeah, brilliant and physical it's, stuff. It's because it's, it's, the, uh, the, it's sort of the, the dad version of him on the tape and the son mm. version of him in uh, in real life at the time type thing. And the dad yeah. version 
him the dad drunk version of him is basically ch like chastise. I love the way he says like, "You're a big, big disappointment to me, David." <laughs> yes, yeah, and how like current uh, Lister says, "Oh, like sorry, Dad," and uh, like refer <laughs> even though it's himself, it is quite funny. We get a reference to uh, Chrissy in this ep in this bit as well. Um, yes, and, yeah. And we got one last episode as well. I'm wondering if we're going to get some kind of Kachansky reference every single episode. Yeah, and never actually think? see her. So, yeah, yeah maybe, I don't think we're maybe, see her, but... quite possibly. I mean, I'd love to see Kachansky again, but you're right. We do keep getting these little these little references because he says, you know, you got to do, you got to enroll in the program, do uh, do this, whatever it is, and find Chrissy. And he, Dave, just sort of a current lister, just sort of shrugs. Well, he says, you know, how do I do that? But he doesn't sort of address the Kachansky one specifically. So yeah, you might be right. Maybe they'll just be throwaway lines that are there, but then they never actually get expanded upon. We'll have to see as we go on um but dare i say it phil i thought i thought towards the end was this scene going on for a little too long what do you think i don't think it did i loved it. No? i love the back and because he keeps on like skipping to the next one when he's been told not to because he's meant to yeah. do the tasks first and of course the dave on the tape knows that he would skip ahead the best bit of that is the guitar because he threatens in one oh, to yes. that if you don't go do this, I'm going to chuck your guitar. If you skip ahead again, I'm going to chuck your guitar into space. Which of course is his own guitar. But Dave looks behind him and sees the guitar. He's like, ha, he didn't. Oh, I didn't. And yeah. so he does skip to the next one again. And But it turns out he's like, go look at the guitar. Go play me yep. something on the guitar. And then he goes to play and it's just a cardboard cut out of the guitar. His guitar <laughs> is in space. And he gives a typical teenage son reaction of, oh, like, I hate you and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Like, I, I, I thought I that was nice. I love this whole scene. And I don't think it went on too long. I think each time it did it, kept it fresh enough. I think it stopped at the right point. I think it had gone enough. any longer. It would have been too long. But I think they did it just enough. But you watch. Lister's guitar, sorry, will probably reappear and it won't be explained how he got it back. Oh, he, he keeps um, on getting loads of different guitars and they're all his, like, special guitar yeah his so. his yeah exactly so <laughs> that's again one slice of continuity they, they couldn't be bothered about um meanwhile rimmer's having a having a chat with pre um who I, I honestly i feel is like a nice i guess more modern day update to the holly uh computers not that i'd take her over holly any day but i feel like she's meant to you know be this she's portrayed as this new you know software this new machine and i feel they do a good job of like presenting that because it wasn't just Holly again, do you know what I mean? Someone with, like, dry comments. She's a fully, like, emotionless uh, machine. So, I mean, just while we're on it, what do you think of Pre as a whole? Uh, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, well used in the episode. Um, it was interesting. I wouldn't have wanted her to stick around, particularly, I don't think. Mm. But um, just, I think she just served this narrative purpose for this story. And yeah. Once that's done, I don't think it would have been the whole predictive thing would have been a bit played out. And... Yeah, just would have like gone a bit on on a well gone on a bit too long, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but Rimmer and Crichton go down to B Tech, uh, B Deck, not B Tech. Wow, uh, B Deck, and it is it's an absolute mess. Everything is messed up, and Pre reveals that she basically her protocol deems that she would copy what the what do you say like the lead officer would do or something like that. So she basically copied what Rimmer would have done. And because he would have cocked it up, she's deliberately cocked it up as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a good gag. Yeah. That works. But in the Medibay, Cat's um, waiting for the, the denty bot. Um, but he's not actually going for the dentist. He just wants the last can of anesthetic. <laughs> um, yes. Because uh, 
it call out to hoarders everywhere that what is it the the hoarders line i don't need it but i might do one day <laughs> which i've used that ex- i'll hold my hands up i've said that a few times with various things like i yeah, don't necessarily need it but i might need that one day for the the once in a blue moon opportunity so i like that we continue the chinese whispers that, and obviously yeah because that's is... kind of been going on between these scenes we've had several of them so far haven't we by the time we reach this point yeah so like it's mentioned to uh i think Crichton asked the vending machine and then the vending machine asks cat who then asks lister yeah and, then, and, and that's and the, where the question to... is starting as is chinese whispers racist and then yeah. it kind of becomes what does it become is well cat chinese says it's chinese whispers, whispers racist. racist yes <laughs> and then that becomes something like do chinese liquors have braces <laughs> So yeah, they they are doing the kind yeah of they're doing the Chinese whispers Chinese whispers yeah gag, yeah and uh, for the most part I think this works. Um, I yeah. was a little like ooh, about the um the voice on the um Asian oh Taiwan food. Tony yeah Taiwan Tony it was like oh okay <laughs> yeah well I realized in the credits and I, I haven't looked but the actor who plays who voiced Taiwan Tony also voiced you know the the Medibot in the Med yes. Bay um and I don't know if. I hope, again, I don't, I'm not. I don't know if the actor is of Asian uh, descent or heritage, but I think with Taiwan Tony, from my perspective anyway, it did seem like that the accent was sort of overemphasized for yeah. that character. Um, yeah. Which I think I don't know. I think the fact that Rim introduced that thing of his Chinese whispers racist, like you said, makes it feel very odd then to have a character that sounds like that. Um, yeah, the very. I wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it was. It, I didn't feel uncomfortable. It was just a bit awkward because you're like, wait, hang on. So you've just that. That's what I mean. The whole Rimmer coming out of it early on and talking about is it racist? Just sort of any time it's mentioned again, like you say, they're doing the Chinese whispers gag where it, like the the phrase changes, which you know, it, yeah, that's funny because that is what that is the game of Chinese whispers. But because it's been now pre-centered with, do you know what I mean? With this thing, it's like, well, hang on, how? What are you trying? Basically, for anyone wondering, hasn't seen it. The question is: Chinese whispers racist. It's not answered. We'll <laughs> just say that now. It's not answered in the show. Um, but yeah, it's it's just odd, isn't it? It's just yeah. an odd. I liked odd I liked it though. I like how they you know. It's, yeah, it wasn't. I'd say it wasn't uncomfortable. You weren't like oh it's god. It's playing it on just... like you know using Chinese whispers about a question about Chinese whispers. Yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. it's an interesting thing to do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's one of those. Dave. Um, Lister continues to, you know, he because his dad had said you got to do this, you got to sign up. Oh no! You, one of the things that was it, the missing thing, you got to get that filling done. That's why he's at the Medibay, and Cat's taking the last anaesthetic, so he's gonna have to do it without paying. And he goes in, doesn't he? All that bravado, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and it's gonna be fine. Get the drill going, and the minute the drill starts, he's out of there. He does not want to be there. He does not want to do it. I think we've all been like that. I think, well, I know I've like, when I was younger, I was like that at the dentist, even with anesthetic. There's yes. just something oh. about the drills. <laughs> it's time for, uh, time to deviate off course for anecdotes. <laughs> Let's do it. As we, we love often it. do. I have we been told it. this, I can't remember this, but apparently <laughs> once when I went to the dentist, when I was quite young, mm. um, four or five or something like that. Yeah. My mum has told me that I so didn't want to be in there, but not yeah. only was I screaming and kicking, I managed to get away out of the chair. I grabbed, apparently, 
a fire extinguisher and was wielding it, trying to, oh trying to back God. people away from me to try and get not go in the chair. Oh, God. Oh, Phil. So, yes, I completely empathise with, um, with Dave <laughs> you, in this situation. You know that, fit. Oh, I never did that. Just give me a sticker or a lollipop and I'd be all right. But yeah. That... Well, yeah, like I can't remember that. I'm just being told that. I've just been Mad. told that by my mum. And I, like I generally have other memories of going to the dentist when I was absolutely fine. But clearly that time I did not want to be there. There was just, yeah, there was something going on. You just. And <laughs> seeing how now my two-year-old son acts when he doesn't want to do something and you're trying to make him do it. I can absolutely mm. see how. Like yes. I go, yeah. You just take after me. He'll <laughs> scream and shout like kicking like, yeah. everything. But you, so. but you never admit that to him, of course. You know? No, no, <laughs> not till he's older at the very yeah. least. Oh dear. I, I mean, let us if you want. Let us know your dentist memories. I'm sure we've all got some. I know I certainly have. Um, but Dave, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have that fill in. And I th- drunk Dave the night before anticipates that he knows what he's like. He says, "You didn't do it, did you?" Um, but then Pre appears on the screen to reveal that he's actually resigned from Red Dwarf and he is a former crewman. Um, yes, the drunk Dave. As the drunk Dave did, for yes. him not doing it, uh, for anticipating that he wouldn't do it, as as resigned himself from JMC. <laughs> yes, and Day and Lister tries desperately to explain the situation how. It's his dad who looks like him, but it was his dad who resigned and not him, but it's also him. And, you know, that whole convoluted explanation of it. But Pree's, Pree's having none of it, and she reveals that his free oxygen privilege will be revoked in a matter of minutes. Yeah, it's very dystopian, isn't it? The fact that you have to be an employee to get the free oxygen. Although I don't know why then she doesn't also eject Cat. I thought this because he's not an employee. No. He's just he's just there. So and neither's Crichton technically because he wasn't on Red Dwarf yeah. to be. You know they just sort of brought him aboard. So yeah, what that's the strange bit of strange bit of continuity, isn't it? Are they use are they just leeching off someone? Who knows? Um, it's very it's the, very dystopian and kind of like companies will control your life. Yeah, this, this very why, uh, ultra ultra capitalist. Yeah, really. this is why you should join unions, people. Got to fight. this Oh stuff. yes. Fight the good fight, absolutely. Um, Lister desperately, he has to think of a plan. He, he has to get out, but he's being chased by the, the garbage robots, I think they are. Because yeah. Crichton calls them Garby at the start, which I thought was cute. But that now they've got spikes on the end of them for some re- for some unknown reason. Um, so the garbage robots are chasing them. And he gets some uh, spacesuit gear, but he falls into the airlock and just about gets it all on before he's sucked out into space. So Lister is, Lister is gone. Um, yeah, what did you think of like the whole chase, like the whole chase down thing? Sort of the because they made it obviously they tried to make it very dramatic, like the music's very rousing and like doom laden and the various you know he, he goes one way, he's being cornered by one of the robots. He goes, do you know what I mean? It felt yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah, the... I like the pace was up. I liked it. It was yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So Pre informs the rest of them that Dave is is gone. And that Red Dwarf, because the last human, as it were, that was the mission to get Dave back to Earth. Now that he's gone, no longer a crew member, that's no longer a necessity. So uh, JMC deemed that in that situation, Red Dwarf should just be flown into the nearest sun. <laughs> Due to the environmental <laughs> policy, apparently. Yeah, which which boggles the mind. But yeah, you, okay, yeah, sure. I guess um, if, if it's running and it's polluting, I guess it's a <laughs> very polluting ship, maybe. 
possibly. I mean, it looks like an old rust bucket, so quite possibly. Um, they have 90 minutes, uh, and we get a little montage of it heading towards a sun, and uh, with some, I wrote here, with some interesting CGI, um, Dave flies back into Inside Red Dwarf. Um, with some also interesting music, very heroic music, which I thought I haven't checked, but it, sat, it like reminded me of the Ace Rimmer music. Do you know what? When they when they played it, it's like the shot of him coming in front of Red Dwarf, like coming back in. Yeah, I thought the music sounded very familiar. So mm-hmm. we might have to go and double check to see if that is the Ace Rimmer music because, I mean, it, it worked, but yeah, yeah, it was. And I thought the CG, like where he goes, he's going like through a corridor in the ship, you know, like the red wall sort of thing. It was interesting. Obviously, like we know Dave as a TV channel, it's probably not got the biggest budget compared to the the main channels or movies but i don't think it looked awful just one of those where you can tell it's cgi i think so um yeah uh so he gets back in and they've got to think of a plan the boys from the dwarf pre attempts to stop them uh she's thought about all this so she's pumping uh laughing gas into the corridor for some reason yeah i didn't quite <laughs> get the reason for the laughing gas as opposed to something that would knock them out or something but... just like straight up poisonous gases but no laughing gas uh, they try and get out through a vent, but that's already been boarded up. Well, I must admit that did make me laugh though when they get the vent open and they realise it's been sealed and cry- because it's laughing gas. Crichton's like, "Oh, it's been sealed." <laughs> that, Why that is did make Crichton me laugh. affected by the laughing gas? gas as oh, well. it's just. <laughs> and I think they go on a week by week basis of what <laughs> yeah. Crichton and Rimmer is af- are affected by and what they aren't. Um, the garbage bots come in. They're moving in for the kill. It all, all hope seems yeah, lost. They get very close. Um, and with some, you know, those spikes, they're very bendy spikes once they get very close, yes, aren't they? Yes, with a little bit of force, they're very, <laughs> they're very easily bended. Um, and using the, uh, Lister realizes using the medical file he opened earlier in the episode for a Dave Lister Jr., as in the son of Drunk Dave. If Which you he liked. opened, I, we didn't talk about that, but he opened it because the Medibot told him that. That if he has a son, then that son should be registered and then he will get privileges, like yep. free video games. Which, you know, that's an incentive for anybody, right? Yeah. Uh, so using that knowledge that the medical file, he technically wangles that he is on the ship and that he can be a crew member and that uh, Pre should shut down. And she does so. And the, and the day is saved, she, as it were. He logics her out of... Logics her out. Logics her into destroying herself. That's how you deal with computers, kids. Just just logic them out. And uh, we finish almost as we started, really. How um, Lister comes back in and uh, Crichton's showing him the very, you know, oh, here's the free video games and the TV package. But he's like, no, I've I've turned a new leaf. I'm going to do the robotics course. Yeah, which was the course that he was being told to by himself on the drunk self. By drunk Dave, yeah. Go do the robotics course, yeah. So he's about to do it. He's like, nah, video games has not got a part. But then he notices one of the games is, I think, like a zero gravity football game of some kind. And instantly all that's out the window. He's like, right, Crichton, me and you this weekend. That's all we're doing. Crack the champagne. Let's go. And we finish as the episode started with Lister playing some sort of video game. Yeah, and I that... thought it was a good, strong ending. I, I, yeah. I thought it was like a definitive. Sometimes the Red Dwarf endings can meander a bit and kind of feel like yeah yeah what well, that's a weird place to end but this felt this was a good punchline to end on i thought yeah absolutely nice solid ending and that folks is episode two of series 10 fathers 
and sons. As usual, we're going to dive into our regular segments. So, Phil, who was your favourite character in this one? Oh, it's got to be Lister in this one. I think. Yeah. It's got to be. He's like, generally, so, or are you going d- for drunk Dave, or just generally? So, but yeah. just like that that bit where he's talking to himself. I mean, he is the the focus of the episode, so that does make sense. But he mm. like his scenes with the Medibot. He's just great and throughout all of it. I really, yeah, really enjoyed Lister. Yes. Yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah, no, I agree. It's got to be Lister. I guess more highlight to Drunk Lister for what I mentioned about like the physical comedy and the again from an acting standpoint, Craig Charles knocked it out of the parks. So it's not easy acting with yourself, and yeah, just a great character piece for him. So love that. And uh, your funniest moment, Phil? I I had several. Which this is yeah? this was an episode that was full of moments where I could have chosen this. Actually, it was a really strong episode. Um, but I'm gonna go for. The Dave talking to himself via the video, the drunk Very nice. leaving the videos and all that interaction. That was just so funny. I was laugh. I was actually laughing out loud, um, which elicited some strange looks from my daughter who was watching telly <laughs> on the other side of the room, yeah. uh, watching something else. I had headphones in watching Red Dwarf. I was just like, what are you laughing at? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I oh. literally was laughing out loud at that. And great scene. Oh, good. Good choice. Uh, for me, it's got to be a... Rimmer selecting the new computer build. That um, was one of the other options. Yeah, yeah definitely. Chris Barry's just like, you know, try to deadpan to it. Yeah, I'm not bothered. Female. Like, just really, really funny. Even the, like, the, the joke about the breast size and all that, normally I'd find that stuff, like, just really juvenile and sick. But the way it's played here, like, the ridiculousness of it, the fact he has to pull rank to authorize it is, I found quite funny. So. Yeah, that's the highlight for me. And your overall score, Phil, how many scutters out of 10? Oh, I'm giving this... I really enjoyed this episode. It's been my favourite episode for, I think, a long time. Um, okay. I'm going to... What, overall? Like, of the whole show? Of It's, it's one of my... No, sorry. I mean, it's been my favourite episode for a long time. So it's been, oh, a, right, it's been a long time since I've enjoyed an episode this Yeah, much. I get you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, But it is quite high up, I say, I'd say... Um, even overall, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Oh, been a while since we've, yeah. we've given out one of those, yeah. Oh, very nice. What are you giving it? Uh, not as high. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to give this one a 7.5. Okay. Um, still liked it, still strong. Again, I just thought that, uh, as we mentioned, like Rimmer's speech about race, like, again, not invalid, not in any way, shape or form, but it just, it feels really random in the, in the shape of everything. Um, and there were one or two little moments where I thought maybe you could have cut things here or there, but on the whole, yeah, really enjoyable. We're two for two in terms of what I, you know, good series 10 episodes. So it's already doing better than yeah. Back to Earth and might do better than series eight because, from what I remember of Series 8, I think I, I liked Back to the Red Part 1 a fair bit. Like, the opener, I yeah, thought, me was too, good. Yeah. And then it just sort of, the quality sort of dipped and dived everywhere from that point. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to have consistently good, in my opinion anyway, consistently good Red Dwarf again. Yeah. So that's continue. nice. Yeah. Question. Well, well, there you go. Positive reviews for Fathers and Sons. Next week, we'll be back to take a look at Lemons. Episode three, Lemons. But in the meantime, uh, please, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a like on the video if you enjoyed it. And YouTube's the main place where we get comments and feedback for this podcast. So uh, please feel free. Let us know what you thought of this episode, uh, what you think of the show, any feedback, anything you want to see outside of the 
regular TV show because we do like our specials, don't we, Phil? We, we look, do. We like Just looking at the run of specials. So we do. So anything, any suggestions like that, please let us know. We've also got a Twitter account at All Dead Dave Pods. So if you want to leave us any comments, feedback, etc., please feel free to do so there. But individually, Phil. In the meantime, where can people find you on the internet? Well, you can um, see that youtube version of the podcast on my youtube channel which is philip hawkins that's my name and I, as well as this this podcast there's a whole load of doctor who mcu star trek content up there as well so basically lots of geeky pop culture um and then you can find me on twitter at culture filter filter spelled p-h-i-l-t-e-r is my name still his name is phil go and follow him there and uh, for myself, it's just Adam Martin on YouTube. That's Martin with a Y. You can follow, uh, subscribe to us there for all sorts of stuff. And on Twitter, it's at Adam Martin AMTV for daily ramblings. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening to Everybody's Dead Dave. We'll be back next week looking at lemons. And remember, when life gives you lemons, you make, well, what's the phrase? Is it when life lemonade. gives you lemons, you make lemonade? That's it. I really you almost had it that. there. You almost I, had it. Do you know it. what? First it was Auroboros, then it's the Lemons quote. Who knows what Should be we go next, for but... another take of that now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I own my I'll, I will own my mistake for everyone to hear. But no, thank you very much everyone for listening and myself and Phil, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.